Oh well, that's all ancient history now. Hello and welcome to That's All Ancient History Now, the podcast that has had so many topics and geographical locations, critics are now calling it a pastorally nomadic. Yeah, you can tell it's been a while. I'm your host, Pascal Kempson, and with me, as always, is a man who is almost glued to his horse, Jacob Paik. Wow, hello Pascal, we're back. We're back, 2020 baby. 2020. We had a nice extended break, didn't we? We even extended it by one week. Yes, it's been about four weeks now, I think. It has, four, four long, long, tedious weeks. Yeah, dreadful honest, weeks. I'm delighted to be back. So welcome and back me to too. 2020. Yeah, welcome good. back, everyone. Thanks, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Uh, uh, anything to tell me? Anything happened over the Christmas New Year period? Nope. I think that's the the beautiful thing about it, really. Yeah, it's just no been family a dramas. Slow, nice, easy, relaxing period for me. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. That's so How about nice. you? Uh, yeah, nothing really happened to me either. Uh, we didn't really see each other, did we? We haven't seen each other no. since we recorded together. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you though. Uh, do you have any goals for 2020? Goals for 2020, wow. Is there anything you want to do or want to happen? Or I want you're going betterment to for myself and those around me. I want everyone to prosper and to be well. Wow. What about you? That sounds, sounds like a prayer. It is. <laughs> and Amen. also I don't really know how to follow that. Uh, yeah, sim- similar to me. Uh, just, yeah, uh, be, be more present and value those uh, around me as much as possible. Yeah. I and think that includes you, listeners. Hello, hello, hello. Um, I would like to give a shout out, actually, something that did happen over the period uh, that we were away. Um, I'd like to give a, a shout out to our listeners that have submitted on our website. <laughs> oh, yeah. So thank you to Donna Lindgren, Pearl Shields and Mortimer Wizock. Your comments are always <laughs> welcome. Um, please get in touch everyone else. Yes, they were very insightful comments, weren't they? Yeah, uh, I think it was Mortimer. He said ecocentric, oh. and I guess he was talking about the Romans. Yep. Uh, Pearl Shields um, and Donald Lindgren. It's all. It's a bit hazy now, but I think one of them was talking about French Polynesia. Oh yeah, so, French Polynesia. Uh, I don't know if it was think, a suggestion or. I think we're going to look into that. Uh, doing maybe an episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how much ancient history there is. Probably, probably some somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please get in touch through our website, on our socials, at That's All Ancient, uh, and rate and review and, and just chat to us, you know? Yeah, um, and especially, you know, anything you're interested in, anything we haven't covered, anything we got wrong. Yes. Everything yes, we, we got wrong. We're, we're talking to you, Jodine. Um, so what, what are we going to do now? Um, so we're going to do a three-part mini-series on the Huns. Yeah. Um, we're going to split it up into Before Attila during Attila and after Attila. And Attila's the one that we, you know, probably the only one, the only Hun I know. Yeah, the only Hun I know too. Um, So he can definitely get a whole episode. Um, But the Huns weren't round for that long, were they? No, about, well, don't eat into the new new feature. (laughs) They're around for about 300 years, I think. Um, But also, uh, yeah, so a three-part series. When I think of Attila the Hun, I picture Jar Jar Binks. No, <laughs> not Jar Jar Binks. No, who's the uh, who's the big guy? The leader of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, underwater. No, or the, you think no. of Jabba the Hutt? Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, Attila what? the Hutt. Because of the name, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, <laughs> very very similar. And I wow. like I can't 
separate in my head. So now when I'm reading all these things about Attila, I'm picturing <laughs> Chabba the Hutt. Yeah, that's that's bad. I know. I, I and think he he's a, like he's a little tiny short man, as I know. Yeah, not a big block. Short and stout. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. Uh, so this is going to sort of be the start of like a little um, collection of maybe mini-series. Um, we've tackled the big ones. I think I would like to look at Egypt, Jake. What about you? Yeah, we'll do some uh, ancient Egypt as well in maybe a bigger kind of yeah. six episode thing. Yeah, um, and maybe maybe we could do uh, sometime a conspiracy s- series. What do you think about that? <laughs> like just a, a whole bunch of conspiracies <laughs> about the ancient world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because a lot of it is things like we can never really know a lot of this for certain. Mm. And especially with, you know, looking into the Huns, there seems to be a lot of mystery involved mm. in a lot of the sources because there wasn't really any, you know, Hunnic historians. A lot of the sources are their enemies. Yeah, I couldn't see any, like, written stuff by the Huns. Did you find any? No. Um, so, that means, without such easy-to-access websites like uh, Factsinate... Um, Factsinate? I, I, I'm, that's what I used <laughs> for the Did You Know? I've made an executive decision um, to, to, to postpone Did You Knows until we can find something a bit more uh, useful to find them. But that doesn't mean... So you're going to be without a little feature here, and it's called Fact File. Fact File. Shh. I'm still yet to make the jingle, so I hope that sounded good. Um, so, do you want to know anything about any facts? That's basically what Fact File is. It sounds like the same as Did You Know? Yeah, it's the same. But I, <laughs> instead of saying, I'm not going to say, did you know the Huns were a nomadic people who lived in Central Asia, the Caucasus, Caucasus, Caucasus and Eastern Europe? I'm not going to say, did you know? I'm just going to tell you. Wow. Uh, and it, they were around between the 4th and 6th century BCE. No, CE. Yeah, yeah, C. AD. <laughs> Common era. Um, I was going to say their languages include Hunnic, Gothic, and various tribal languages, but what can you tell me about their language? Yeah, so because they were kind of a collection of people from multiple ethnicities, um, they weren't just this one ethnicity. Um, They had loads of different languages, but they did have their own language, Hunnic. But we only know three words from Hunnic. And could you tell me? So there's Midos, Mm. which is a kind, it's either a grain or a drink made out of grain. Some kind of alcoholic drink. Um, Similar to mead. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, There's camos, which is a barley drink. And there's strava, which is a funeral feast. Oh, like a wake. Yeah. Well, it's like a party. Oh, that's strange. What a strange collection of words to know. Yeah. Two drinks and a party. Is there any reason for knowing, for only knowing those three words? Just because they were written down in some source. Someone just threw mm. in those words, and that's all that we have. Um, we They did also have, like, obviously their own names and stuff. Mm. Like people names and names of places. And we do yeah. know some of those, but they're not... They're you know... proper nouns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they had <coughs> maybe uh, ten leaders, chiefs, kings, um, maybe eleven, maybe twelve, but around that number that we know of. Um, obviously, this is, we're talking about 200, 300 uh, year period um 
and with lifespans of people at that time, I'm sure they had more. Um, but as we're going to get on to, um, there weren't many records and leadership seemed uh, much more of a irrelevance than it did to the Romans and Greeks. Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely how they're described yeah. by the Romans as not having leaders. Yeah. But obviously they did have some kind of leadership. Yeah. Some form. In some way. And finally, in the fact, fact file, um, they partook in something called artificial cranial deformation, which <laughs> is a bit mad. Uh, the Hunnic nobility allegedly wrapped up their babies' heads um, so that they would grow more vertically than usual. Um, yeah, elongated. Elongated heads. Um, and this was to distinguish nobility um, from mere peasants. Um, some say, however, the Huns didn't bring this itself to Europe. It was the Alans, Alan, oh, yeah. or the Samaritans. Uh, but who who knows, really? And that's sort of just like the way that it works with the Huns. Yeah. When I imagine Attila, strangely, I imagine him with a really, really circular head. Really? Yeah. Not like a long In what head. way, circular? I don't know, just very circular. Like moon face. Yeah, like a complete circle with right. tiny little eyes. But uh, that might be <laughs> some kind of description I read of, of him or something. Yeah. But kind I just... of... Yeah. Yeah, go on. But there's the head-on elongation thing. I think that's you know, there's some cultures somewhere in Africa that do that as well. Or really? Yeah, I've heard about that before. But what would be the reason? Give more space for the brain? <laughs> I don't or know. Or just what... to distinguish your appearance? Yeah, maybe just to distinguish it. That's crazy. But there are some pictures of the skulls, so if you're interested, have a look at that. And they are really the top of their skulls that... Like, very high. Very, you'd yeah. have maybe a, a ten head, let alone a five head. <laughs> is it not like at the back of the head, though? Or is it... I think the... it's like all, all the way, because it was... Wow. It, assuming it was wrapped, I'm assuming it was wrapped kind of around the eyebrow ridge, around the back. Yeah. So it just pushed everything up. Wow. Like Marge Simpson. Anyway, that's the end of Fact File. Fact File. Shh! Hope you enjoyed our new segment. Did you know we'll return? Don't worry about that. Um, so. so we're going to what talk about the origins of the Huns and we're going to talk about before Attila. Yeah. Um, so the the period we're really going to focus on, I think, is going to be from around 370 CE to 470 CE. I'm glad Just, you looked up the dates because I haven't done that at all. <laughs> that 100-year period um, mm. where there's a lot of... When they kind of come in... Because a lot of the writings about them say in 370 they just all suddenly kind of appeared. They yeah. weren't really known about or written about. They just appeared from nowhere, this massive horde, and just expanded really quick, and then dissolved quite quickly as well. Um, but they they can't have come from nowhere. They can't just have grown out of the ground. No, exactly. Um, but I, I think there's only, like, kind of recently, as in, like, the last 200 years, with there's been discussion about them being related to some, you know, centuries older, like 300 BC. Mm. Um them coming or originating as this chi- tribe in China. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Song Nu. Yeah, exactly. The Song Nu. Who kind of, they're kind of the reason that the Great Wall of China was built to keep them out. There were these hordes of horsemen, all kind of different tribes coming together and just, you know, coming down into China and pillaging and taking things, looting. Yeah. And they, they kind of came from like the territory of present day Mongolia. Yeah, um, yeah. In which case, 
yeah, you could say that that is their ethnic origin, Mongolian. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, it's just so uh, it's it's disputed. There's just so many um, alternating ideas because no one really knows because you can't. You, there's no yeah. exactly no contemporary accounts of how it happened. Um, no, you can just kind of piece things together. Yeah, so you can um, just see that the the song new disappear, and then several hundred years later, this very similar kind of because a lot of what happened between the song new and China or the Han Dynasty, as it was, yeah. um, it's very there's a lot of similarities between that and what happens with the Huns and Rome. Oh, really? Yeah, it seems like just kind of two parallels in history to me, where there's this yeah. group of horsemen attacking this big, you know, established empire, this nomadic horsemanship coming down. Mm looting, going up, spreading, expanding, but never really consolidating itself. Interesting. Um, I, I've got a story that's sort of a different <clears throat> take, or could be the same take, yeah. just a bit later on. And I'm going to tell it to you now. One day, Menro, the ancestor of ancestors, met a beautiful girl called Ene. She gave birth to two sons, Hanor and Magor. One became the ancestor of the Huns, whilst the other was the ancestor of the Magyars. The children turned into strong, beautiful young men who often hunted together. Once, the brothers and their followers stumbled across a region they'd never visited before. The sun was already low in the western reaches of the sky, and the warriors were considering turning around to follow their trail home before darkness reached them. However, they cried out in amazement when a wonderful creature appeared in the front of their eyes, a stag of such beauty they'd never witnessed before. It had a dazzling, snow-white mane which sparkled in the sun with a huge pair of twisted antlers <laughs> over eyes that glowed like diamonds. The noble beast wasted no time and disappeared into the bushes, its noise dying away. No commands were ne- needed since the riders stormed after the stag at once. All of them thought of the glory of felling such a beast. Hanor and Magor led the, ch- led the charge. They chased the beautiful creature for many leagues, the stag always appeared ahead of them once they had thought that they'd lost track of it. Lo and behold, they soon found themselves in an unknown, wondrous region. The grass was soft as silk, the hills curved gently around them, and the streams were sweet as wine. Mm. The men were amazed by the region. The miracle stag was never seen again, yet it had led them to a new homeland where they could settle down and live their lives in plenty. Yeah. Uh, that's the story. Quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. But in one way, it's, you know, this land isn't an empty land. There are people living there. And yes. in reality, what happens is these Huns who came out of nowhere kind of come into this land and take everything, yeah. kill everyone, but what, make it but their what own about land. the magic deer? <laughs> yeah, the magic deer is nice. I think there's an alternate yeah. story, but with a just a cow or something, but, or one yeah. of their, their own cows one gets loose cows. and they're chasing it and they find this new... Magic cow. <laughs> yeah, the magic. And who yeah. did that land belong to? Um, I think there was a lot of people there. Uh, oh, yes. the Allens, isn't it? The Allens. That's what you want me to say. I want you to say the Allens. Uh, but also, who else was about? The Goths. Uh, the Goths. Yeah. Uh, and where was it in present day, like Crimea? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, Ukraine, north of the, the Black Sea. Yeah. Um, so because the Allens they are would have started on. Yeah, I think so. I don't really know anything about the Allens. Just their name. No, but coming to an episode near you. I think it, it translates in Iranian to to Aryan, Alan. Oh, the Al- white Iranians. <laughs> don't know. It's just they're just the Aryans. Um, so, so you've got the, the whites and the goths. The white and the goths. And who are the goths? 
I don't know, a collection of people. Uh, but where are they from around? Germany? Yeah, well, this whole kind of the region of Europe. Yeah. Gothic areas. Gothic areas. There's different Goths. Oh. There's like the Visigoths and the Ostigoths. Oh, something. yeah, I know the Visigoths. Okay, yeah, yeah, this this do, wouldn't yeah. have been the Visigoths. This would have been some other Goths. Um, there are lots of tribes. But basically, they're coming from this place in the east, and they suddenly appear in the west. Well, not the west, but, you know, coming into Europe. Yeah, central. And this Europe. is around 370 uh, CE, um, and they come to the Romans' attention then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why, how, how and why? So I think they they're, to begin with, they're not, you know, right on the on the borders of, of Rome, but they're certainly mm-hmm. pushing other people that way. Yeah, the Goths. Yeah, who are inhabiting this area and forced to leave. And then, you know, they'll go through Europe and, and come closer to the Western Roman Empire and also the, down to, like, Greece, Turkey, where they'll see the yeah. Eastern. Because we're, we're now getting quite close when, if they're just in the um, this kind of Ukrainian area, uh, mm. where the, it's the Black Sea, isn't it? Not the Dead Sea. I honestly am not good at seas. I think, yeah, I have black, the Dead Sea, the Red Sea. I think it's the Black Sea, um, and you know they're not that far away. So the the Roman Empire comes up to where the Danube is, mm-hmm. um, and that's certainly the way people are getting pushed. Yeah, we we have an account from um, a Roman called Ammianus Marcellinus who very describes nice. the Huns. Well pronounced. Thank you very much. You just um, do it with confidence. Ammianus Marcellinus Marcellinus. Yeah, you're making me doubt myself. What did he say? No, no, he no, said lots of very horrible things about the Huns, um, mm. and you could take this as, you know, um, propaganda, anti-foreigner, mm. basically, barbarian propaganda. Yeah. But um, how he describes them is having compact, strong limbs, thick necks, <laughs> and they're so monstrously ugly and misshapen that one might take them for two-legged beasts, or for the, um, he says, the stumps that you put on the side of bridges. Yeah. Um, Harsh. Although they have the form of men, however ugly, they are so hardy in their mode of life that they have no need of fire nor of savoury food, but they eat the roots of wild plants and the half-raw flesh of any kind of animal whatever, which they put between their thighs and the back of their horses to warm it up so it's ready to eat. (laughs) Um, He talks about how they avoid buildings, they will not go into buildings if they're away from home. They won't go into a building unless they absolutely have to, and they won't sleep in a building. Um, he describes them as they sleep in wagons and, and huts, um, which would make sense if you're moving around all the time. Why would you have a house? Mm. But he he's kind of says that they're scared of going inside. Um, they think they are not safe when staying under a roof, is what he says. And that they dress in linen cloth or in the skins of field mice sewn together, and they wear the same <laughs> clothing indoors and outdoors. Um, and once they put something on, they don't change or take it off until it's literally, it falls off of them in parts oh, bit by bit. Fair enough. Do you know how long it would take to make a whole jacket out of field mice skin? Yeah, imagine making a new one every time you want to get changed. Yeah. Um, they cover their heads with round caps and they protect their hairy legs with goat skins. Um, and he says they're, they're always glued to their horses. Um, mm-hmm. Which are also ugly. He, he goes, <laughs> he insults the yeah, the yeah, their horses I have that as well. Too. Um, and they'll do everything on their horses. Um, they'll eat, drink, go to the market, trade, 
talk to people, do all their chores on the back of their horses, and then fall asleep on their horses. Um, What's an ugly horse? I don't know. I guess they just mo- Mongolian horses. But I would have thought these would be well, like beautiful so, horses so that are free and running around because they they live in this like massive plains, just grassland and horses. And mm. you, you just imagine those horses looking nice, not ugly. Yeah, I think they're just rude. Yeah, these they, Romans. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're just being horrible. You do. I I do think that <clears throat> obviously there is some insight. Like you know, they're on horses. You can kind of just yeah. ignore the bits the, him calling the, the, the horses descriptions. ugly. Yeah. Yeah, like the objective description is fair enough. Um, and he goes on to describe their kind of nomadic lifestyle. Um, that they are all without fixed abode. Um, they mm-hmm. don't have any farms, uh, and they're like fugitives or refugees. And that they just move around in wagons and live in the wagons. And none yes. of their offspring, when asked, can tell you where they come from. Well, they've been traditionally described as pastoral nomads, um, yeah. living off of herding and moving from pasture to pasture to graze their animals. But Hyunjin Kim holds the term nomad to be misleading, stating, the term nomad, if it denotes a wandering group of people with no clear sense of territory, cannot be applied wholesale to the Huns. All the so-called nomads of Eurasian steep history where people whose territories slash territory were used uh, usually clearly defined um who has pastoralists moved about in the search of pasture but within a fixed territorial yeah. space so they might go somewhere for the summer and somewhere else for yeah. the winter but just return exactly. between the two places yeah as the so crops grow in moving, one place and... but yeah yeah um but then i guess something um, but... else that re yes <laughs> yeah sorry according to scholars they didn't do much farming no they hunted and they gathered. Yeah. So they, yeah, it's like they waited for the stuff to grow rather than yeah. grow it themselves. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, but they're just changing their home from one place to another, but yeah. between the same two places. Like having a, exactly. you know, a holiday home. Yeah. A, a holiday home with lots of more killing. <laughs> um, but I think one thing that reinforces that idea that they are constantly moving is, especially in this period that we're going to talk about, how far they, they spread in such a short time. Mm. And the speed at which they did it. Yeah. Thanks to the horses. Thanks to the horses. The, the ugly horses. The ugly horses, yeah. Um, our man in Rome, I forgot his name, uh, Marcellinus. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to also say that they're kind of angry people, they're faithless, they're unreliable, they've got a short temper, um, they're bound by uh, no reverence um, for religion. Or for superstition, apparently. Mm. Oh, I don't know about that. I bet they were superstitious. Yeah, it must have been. Um, and they burn with an infinite thirst for gold, and they are fickle <laughs> and you know prone to anger. They often quarrel with their allies without provocation more than once on the same day. Um, and he calls them untamed men without encumbrances, aflame with an inhuman desire for plundering others' property. I'm sort of now imagining them as um, the people north of the wall. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's like that. Yeah. Is the barbarians outside of civilization? Yeah, but I like that. Yeah, I say fuck these Romans after hearing <laughs> this. I think that's rude, unnecessarily rude. Yeah, it definitely is. They're pe- people of the earth is what they are. Yeah, but with no religion, they just rely on but, on but the earth. I think, as we'll find out in um, coming episodes, you know what they kind of do to Rome, mm. um, and the way they do treat the property in Rome and pillaging and plundering. Yeah, you got to pillage and plunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You got a pillage. Uh, just a little bit of pillaging. But at, at this period in history, before Attila, what's mainly happening is they are just moving westwards. Um, mm. And at the same time, pushing other people westwards. Yes. Um, into the Roman Empire. Which uh, they did not like. No. And they will, you know, occasionally come down and fight the Romans. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, at war with them. They're just going in and plundering and coming out again. Yeah. Uh, the One of their, one of their <clears throat> chiefs or chief, chiefs? Yeah, maybe. Is that chiefs or kings? Um, Ulden or Olden. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was he was like their most notable uh, chief or king before Attila. Yeah. Because um, there's actually stuff written about him. Um, he was known for defeating Gothic rebels, uh, defeating a lot of people, the, the Radagasiuses. <laughs> uh, he partnered with the Alans for a bit. Um, just causing mayhem. Um, yeah. Like you said, he crossed the Danube and pillaged Thrace, um, yeah. at which point the East Romans tried to buy him off, but his son was too high, so they instead bought off his subordinates. Yeah, um, and just basically caused dispute between them. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of, that would be the easiest way out of it. And that's also what happened with the Chinese, or the Han Dynasty, and the, the um, kind of older version of the Huns there. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in the end, they were defeated by... The, the the Chinese just basically paying different tribes to fight against each other because they couldn't afford wow. to keep them all away. So they just said, well, I'll pay you that much to, to fight each other. And, and that's kind of their that's weakness. that's why their, their golden age was under the leadership of Attila because it yeah. sort of brought everyone closer together. Well, you have to be working together, really. Um, yeah. But Well, you saw, didn't we, even in, yeah. in the Roman Empire with stuff like that? mercenaries yeah. been paid off and different yeah. uh, factions and well, yeah and the uh, the Huns like would that. would be paid mercenaries as well for the Romans yeah and when they're fighting the Goths that's helping the Romans but they might not necessarily always be doing it for the Romans they're just doing it because they want to pillage and plunder but they're not you know deliberately hurting the Romans at this point they're just mm. they don't really care it seems they just love to pillage and plunder <laughs> that's they're what it looks plunderers, like they're pillagers well, yeah. to be honest, you're out there on all that land. What else are you going to do? Do a bit of eating? I don't know. you got to pillage and plunder. Well, they loved wine. Um, they loved drinking. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. These uh, drinks. Wheat drink. Wheat drink. Wine, apparently. They had a big craving for wine. Um, there's mm. a story I read um, that when... I think it was under under this olden, before Attila, where they you know, would go and see Roman diplomats and discuss things like this and... You know, mm. you stay away from us, we'll stay away from you. Um, and they would drink during that heavily, and then the Romans would leave, and they'd just stay there drinking. And they were just, you know, importing wine from everywhere. That's what they wanted. How do you think they communicated? Oh, through common languages, definitely. Oh, like what? It's a good point, I suppose. Because they, they would kind of incorporate the people they conquered into their, mm. into their own, so they would have Alan's fighting for them after they conquered them. And they've had <laughs> loads of people called Alan and loads of goths. Yeah. yeah. Um, what an army. Yeah. So they, they, Alan and Noel Fielding. <laughs> um, and they would all have common languages and they, they'd be able to communicate. And they, lots of the Romans would have Alans under them and, mm. you know, Germanic people. Yeah, fair enough. I'll allow it. Due to their nomadic nature... Um, or not nomadic, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it means that we have very little in the way of 
archaeological record um, to yeah. sort of tell yeah. us anything about them, which just like adds to the to the mystery around them. To be honest, um, there were some pots found, some copper pots um, that apparently weren't great, so they weren't great metalsmiths. Were they pots that um, they put on the people's heads, people. or that they kept wine? No, in? they were pots that they uh, uh, boiled meat in. Ah, is what I read. But yeah. that's just someone's opinion. You just don't know these things. Yeah, it's hard to know for sure. They are mm. very mysterious people, I think. Yeah, which what is what kind of makes it fun because you can sort of fill in some blanks. Yeah, not everything yeah. has to be uh, spelled out for you. You can kind of say what you want, which I guess for historians is. It's uh, more difficult, but for especially people like, like us, scientific it's brilliant. But for people like us, great <laughs> content. <laughs> um, do you have anything else? Um, so I think, well, we kind of said, you know, where they're from, what they look like. Um, we haven't said much about their fighting style, which is quite oh, yeah. important. Um, basically, they're on horseback. They train on horseback from the time they're children, and they're very skilled archers mm-hmm. with little composite bows and it basically makes them very formidable enemy um because they can just come in so fast and leave so fast and shoot you without you even being able to get near them yeah and that's how they're all trained and you know they can do sword combat as well but they're mainly that's their great advantage how do you defeat them <coughs> well we by put, pitting them against each other Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because otherwise, uh, unless you've got the good bowmen, archers yourself, yeah. uh, it's going to be pretty difficult to deal with them. I guess that's why they were, again, able to do it at such pace. Yeah. And it's these things, the fact they're just raised to ride horses and shoot people and they spend 24-7 on a horse hunting because yeah. they don't have yeah. any fields, so they're always having to go out and hunt and hone their skills, which just makes them so scary. And apparently they also, they would scar their faces. Oh, yeah. I think when they were, apparently they would scar, well, no, before they um, were allowed to drink their mother's milk, apparently, they had first to be scarred on their face. I read that it was because they didn't like beards. Really? Yeah. So as soon as they started sort of looking like they were going to grow a beard, they sort of slashed their faces to uh, impede the growth. Maybe it is, yeah. But this is is on their cheeks. What we're saying, like you don't just don't really know. There's a lot of myths, rumors, yeah. propaganda, which just is the fact of having loads of enemies and never writing your own history. Yeah, so true. I hope my life doesn't end like that. That's why I'm <laughs> keeping a diary. That's another one of my 2020 goals. I don't want those people that hate that the haters to tell my story. No, I'll tell it myself. Yeah, my horse isn't ugly. <laughs> I have a beautiful horse. Yeah. So, I think that brings us to a close. What do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's, I that's pretty much it. To say. I think one thing that to consider as well is the state of the Roman Empire at this point. Because mm-hmm. when we last yes. spoke about it, it was all one kind of coherent empire that was expanding still. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, it's split up and there's, you know, four emperors. Or at least two emperors. for the east and the west. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there might be two emperors in the east and two in the west. And the the capital is kind of in Constantinople now. And um, it's just a bit incoherent. And it's falling apart a bit. And they're definitely not expanding anymore. Yeah, because we left 
we left you in terms of Rome uh, with Marcus Aurelius and Commodus, and they were about 200, um, 200 BC, uh, CE, sorry, AD. I'm just going to stick to BC and AD because it's <laughs> confusing me, or at least for now. Um, yeah, about 200 AD, so quite a lot of time has passed um, before the Huns' arrival. Yeah, and maybe a more put-together Roman Empire would be able to deal with them more efficiently. Yeah, and maybe we wouldn't um, be talking about them now. No, and they'd be more equipped to... Because one of the big problems that the Huns cause for the Romans isn't just, you know, the plundering and the having to pay them off to not attack them, and is also not having solid armies for themselves um, and not being able to deal with the mass immigration mm. that happens... Or when spilling into the Huns are pushing everyone westward and south, mm. which is one of the main contributing factors to the fall of Rome. Cheers, Huns. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, you. Are you, you okay, Han? <laughs> I bet. I bet that. I bet they use that all the time. I bet they love that. The Romans. You, do you think uh, Attila's wife called him honey? I'd hope so. Yeah. I'd hope so. I mean, uh, there's probably no record, so yes, she did. And I'm <laughs> saying that. That's fact. Yeah. Um, next week we'll talk about Attila. Yes. Because uh, there is quite a lot to say about him, actually. He is um, much is more uh, known. Yeah, of course. Much more prevalent. He's the only Hun I know. Yeah, Jabba the Hun. Apart from Alden now. Now we know Alden. Yeah, I quite like Alden. I, I've, I've, I've learned to love him. <laughs> and to be honest, after Attila, it's, there's not much to say. So I think Alden, he's all right. Attila, can't wait to meet you next week. Yeah. I look forward to it. Uh, so that's that's the podcast. We're back for 2020. Uh, it's going to be a fun series, and hopefully we'll do something fun next as well. I'm hoping for the Egyptians. But we'll, we'll see in three weeks' time. Wow. Um, so see you next week on on a Thursday. Um, if you want us to say anything about the Huns or have any questions about the Huns, please get in touch on the socials at... That's All Ancient. Thank you. Uh, and... And uh, give us a rate and review so more people can listen to us, more people can ask us questions. We can create more stuff for you. Everyone's a winner. Happy days. Uh, Happy I've days. been Pascal. And I've been Jakey. And that's all Ancient, ancient History, History now. now. Fabulous. Oh, well, that's all Ancient History now.